How are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's what's all what's going on now? Podcast land is this? Right. So this is something I haven't started yet. My plan it's making it in movie making is the title, and it's going to be hopefully like a podcast mm-hmm. where I talk to people who are also kind of either making films or acting or musicians or producers or just kind of anyone yeah. in any way fringe involved with kind of indie filmmaking, like people who yeah. are not like famous but or whatever, but like people who are making films on the side or who are trying to like make it as filmmakers and that kind of thing. Cause on I'm the not, way up. Yeah, because I just think it's like, it's an interesting uh, uh, kind of niche, but also for me, it's, it's like my personal approach is like, oh, it's like a networking thing and I can like find work or find people to work with. And I'm hoping it's a big book that it will be interesting. Yeah, I'm hoping that it's going to be interesting for people to listen to as well. Like I did some research on what's out there and there's a lot, quite a few podcasts where they interview kind of, you know, like established filmmakers and Hollywood people and all that. But And there's there's like indie filmmaking as well where they talk about like, techniques and that kind of thing so i was thinking what's not been done that i could do and i thought well i know tons of people in this situation it really wouldn't be hard to yeah connect yeah yeah no absolutely i mean yeah to be honest i think uh, what i've learned about running the film festival is that the people the filmmakers who submit 99.9 percent are what I call, you know, aspirational feature makers. You know, they, they there's a small coterie of people who are mature filmmakers who make great films, but there isn't. Um, they're not aspiring to make features, okay? Because hey, I've got another life, but this is more than a hobby. Because actually, they, they can be very crafted, um, but they acknowledge actually. You know, let's face it, making films as a way of living is a bit of a rock and roll job. Um, that's why like 99% of actors are always unemployed and I'm sure the same is for directors and whatever. Everyone wants to be, you know, a rock and roll star. Everyone wants to be a filmmaker. Um, so the small groups that aren't, but mainly young kids, uh, young people, um, creating a calling card, you know, learning the trade, um, because very much we see a lot of trial and error. They take a few more risks to sort of like demonstrate, you know, the, uh, there's something special about what they do. Um, and luckily we can uh, collect, get the cream from the top and put them into the festival. So, you know. So we should probably point out what we're doing before we go any further. So I'm talking to John Curry, who, how do you describe oh. yourself? So it's Beeston Film Festival. But like what, what did, what's your sort of title you're the organizer you're the what's... i'm the festival director festival director <laughs> yes so the beaston film festival uh is now heading into its seventh festival in 2021 um it is a international short film festival that's rooted in the, the community of beaston um and that manifests itself in many ways um predominantly our programming team uh, comprising over 20 Beastonians uh, are committed to uh, ensuring that all our submissions are reviewed uh, thoroughly and uh, scored appropriately, and they are all involved in the process of selection. Um, and ultimately as well, they select the nominations for our Boscars, for our awards. So they will come up with the top four, or we will as a group, 
agree the top four in each section that will go to our international jury. So I say it's like a short film, so it's up to 30 minutes long. Um, and we have a number of submission genres or categories, uh, genre-driven, horror, drama, animation, non-fiction, um, comedy, um, and some and crime, science fiction, plus a couple of thematic ones, uh, women's voices, so they can either be uh, fiction or non-fiction. Um, but don't, you know, it has to be driven either by a, a female-centered story or by a female-centered crew. Um, and another category called A Better Place, which again, non-fiction or fiction, but a story that's trying to appeal to campaigning filmmakers who want to change the world and make it a better place. So um, there is a great uh, wealth of fantastic films in that area. Um, and uh, so we the kind of subject is about environmental, human rights, etc. And this year, for the first year, we have a thematic category called Pride, which is to give a platform for uh, LGBTQ plus filmmakers. Um, and that that came this year because uh, last year, especially, we had a crop. Uh, of amazingly great films from that community. So we thought the time was right that we were appealing enough to that community to have a dedicated section. I've got loads of questions. I'm just trying to think of a rational order to ask women. <laughs> um, I suppose the first thing is, so what, because I know you'd done some film stuff before you started your own film festival. Yeah. So can you tell me a bit about your own experience? Uh, it was producing films, right? Yeah, so um, I, I, in my 40s, I experienced a bit of a midlife crisis, as they say. Um, so initially, I ex re-explored music making um, with an old friend from Liverpool. Um, and TFG had some minor success, but we did produce an album, and that was great fun for a while. Uh, got that out to my system. And with another old friend uh, from my music days, Frank Harriman, uh, he had moved on into writing scripts uh, and I overheard a, a story on the radio about how crowdfunding was enabling independent filmmaking. So I thought, oh, this sounds like fun. We can do this. Because if, if I hadn't had a, any success in the creative world on a, on a professional level, I develop, developed a lot of organizational skills. Um, so I, I wanted to give myself the challenge of working with a creative uh, to deliver a, a successful creative product. Uh, so Frank and I uh, decided to use one of his scripts, Go With God, uh, which was uh, a short 24 minutes about the last half hour of a man's life before he was executed for having an adulterous affair with an Iranian woman. Um, so we did that, um, and it was very successful. Uh, got into over 20 film festivals uh, around the world, and in 2017, actually won Best Short at the Cardiff International Film Festival. So that was so, made when, and it's still going around circuits now? Uh, not anymore, no. It was made in 2013. Oh, and you get about five years, don't you, before things yeah. start to... Yeah. Yeah. So it's down to the filmmaker. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of festivals kind of have cut off windows for how old things are allowed to be as well. I don't, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So how how did the funding go? I mean, did you get the the um, crowdfunding to work that out? Or yeah, it... yeah, yeah. We, we we got about three or four grand out of crowdfunding. Uh, plus, I invested a certain amount of money um, because I did sort of see it as being my cinematic MBA um, that I could go off and do and learn. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic process, um, cradle to grave. You know from Working with Frank on the script, doing casting, uh, finding the crew, especially our wonderful uh, cinematographer, um, Andrew uh, Rogers. And um, yeah, and then to, through to final edit and then starting to distribute it, uh, not only to film festivals, we had a global television deal with uh, Shorts TV and played locally on Knots TV for a year as well. So it ticked off all the boxes that I wanted to achieve. However, what I did learn out of it, and the aspiration was to leverage Go With God into funding a feature. Right. Um, but what happened, we went to a, f a festival in Dublin uh, for God, Go With God, and it turned out to be a community festival based in a pub. Uh, right. And it was a weekend of drinking Guinness and watching wonderful international short films. So about three weeks later, uh, I decided to start the Beeston Film Festival. So you went to a film festival and just kind of thought, yeah, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> so... Why not? It was a pub. It was a projector. And then, oh, really? of course, with, with Go With God, I um, handling distribution and I had to use, I used several platforms to submit into festivals including film freeway which has become like the dominant model and platform um so for me i i knew the filmmakers side of those platforms so all i did was create an account as a festival and i could see it from the other end so i knew one side of the coin i just had to flip it over and think well what do we need to make it happen on that side so um yeah so i thought i could do that um, I enrolled uh, a couple of people to help me with the initial year, and um, I think that was in October when, I, when, when we started. We had a launch event in November and actually ran the first festival in February uh, 2000. I can't, can't do the math now. Whatever, whatever seven back is, 14, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So what about this year? Did it still happen with COVID and everything? or? So two weeks before, um, which was going to be our biggest and better ever, best ever festival, five days, um, three venues, uh, with the main venue being a multiplex, we were going to run three simultaneous screenings. It could be fantastic. Two weeks before, COVID came along and we had to can everything. All the venues closed down. You had a multiplex so we had as well. Is that the, which one's that? The one... I'm trying to think which one it would be. I'm trying to imagine yeah. what it would be for Beeston. I'm not going to work no, out. The, the, there isn't a multiplex in Beeston. What there is, is a, a fantastic facility called the Middle Street Resource Centre. Right. And what we were going to utilise there were three rooms, and we'd have three projection rooms going on. Um, that particular venue also has a fantastic atrium area, so we could really see uh, the festival having a real buzz about it because it was all um, we're going to have three screens in the same venue, there'd be a lot of people, we had about 70 filmmakers planning to come down 
uh, from around the world, America, Canada, Italy, Israel, um, Bangladesh. Um, so that was amazing. We were so excited about it. Uh, but unfortunately, the venues all had to close because of COVID. Uh, and we had two weeks to pivot uh, the delivery of the festival uh, to online because running a festival is a commitment to filmmakers um, and the actual festival event is probably about 10% of the overall process. Yeah. You know, we're open for several months for submissions and then we have to review them. We have to do this. We have to do that. So it was a commitment, not just to the filmmakers, but also to acknowledge the work of the programming team and our sponsors. Uh, and we still wanted to put on an event to celebrate the work. So we did it. <laughs> there were some long nights. Believe so, me, there were some long nights. So that very first year then, so it's, it's yeah. what did you do? Did you, uh, so you put on film freeway, I guess, and then people submit their films. Presumably yeah. there's an entrance fee. Does that like help you sort the venue or what? what? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we started off uh, in the first year. We, uh, I think we had a grand total of 140 films submitted. Uh, I think there was me and one other in the review team. We selected the films for that. Uh, and it was more of a case of like a proof of concept. Can we make this happen? And um, we used a wonderful venue called the White Lion, which was uh, run by a fantastic landlord called Sergio, uh, Sergio Roja. And he, he just set up a little cinema. We worked together surround sound and eh, it was lovely and cute and, and it happened over a weekend and we showed 70 films on a Saturday and Sunday uh, and it was great fun we made so many mistakes so many mistakes but we made it happen so how how do you get your audience is it just filmmakers or filmmakers and their friends or do you kind of promote to get an audience somewhere else i mean i don't know yes yes well, we, so we, yeah so we have to um promote any event to the local audience i mean filmmakers are um enthusiastic festival goers and we love them to be there uh, they're always our guests um you know there's never any charge we can't fly people over from uh, various places but what we can do uh, is make them feel as welcome as possible um, but I think our obligation as well is to create a unique audience for them and that should include the locals from Beeston, Nottingham, Derby etc um, and year on year the audience grows and it grows and um, the well, you know I do think we become part of uh, the fabric of the Beeston cultural calendar so you know people look forward they recognize what it's about and as I said we have like 25 people locals simply involved in the programming and many others who support in, in other ways like um, our, the local businesses sponsor our awards the Boscas uh, and that's great we have uh, lots of good times uh, with them so it's about advertising, yes, to bring in an audience uh, of local people to appreciate the great work that is selected for the festival. Let's go on the other side of this then. So if you're submitting to your festival, like what, now you've obviously gotten a lot more submissions, like what sort of a percentage actually get accepted to be into the festival? Um, so the ratio has obviously changed. Uh, I think in the first year we'd had 140 and we showed approximately 70. So that was about 50%. Uh, 
Um, last year, we had over 700 submissions, um, and we showed we were planning to show 152 films, which would have been our largest program ever. Um, and, and we continue to plan to grow each year. Um, so the ratio, but your question about ratio selections, yes, um, with more films coming in, we're getting uh, not just more films, but greater quality as well. The threshold to actually be selected is becoming higher and higher. And we feel very privileged and honored, honored by that. Um, the day we make the announcements to filmmakers is a very bittersweet day because I know we're sending a fantastic message to 150 filmmakers, yeah. but we, we sent bad news to another 580 saying they hadn't made it, made it or whatever the right sums is. Um, so there's a lot of bad news. My heart goes out to them because I know how tough it is to make a film and how much you invest with every submission into a festival. Um, and I think certainly last year, there were certainly 100, 100 plus films that if we had a big enough schedule, we, could, we would have been happy to sh screen them because they were good films. Yeah. But we only have so much time in our schedule. What, so. what does it cost to enter your festival now? I didn't actually check before. I should have done uh, the submissions feed depend on... And obviously, it changes uh, what, with the deadline and things like that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah we, ha we have early, early bird specials. So it starts at from about $10 uh, at the end, and then if, you, if you're submitting at the last minute, it's $25. Yeah. Um, we've increased that over the years. It helps to keep us independent. It's, it gives us the opportunity to invest more in marketing and in more rewards for filmmakers. Um and so, so like, if it had happened this year, we, for the first time, were supporting some filmmakers to stay over. Um, yeah, we would have done that, but it didn't happen. So we will endeavour to try and do that. And as I say, that funding also contributes to uh, the increased level of professionalism that we have now. So last year, we would have seen a, a significant uplift in our branding um plus we uh, a much enhanced website um our presence on social media is really enhanced as well because we've been working with a great social media manager um so yeah so we're investing all the time to make sure that it builds and builds i remember seeing once you have quite some unique awards as well didn't you get them designed uh yeah the initial awards were designed by Anna Colette Hunt, um, a quite famous, internationally famous uh, ceramic artist um, who comes from Nottingham. And she did them for the first couple of years. Um, the, when it came to the third year, she was pregnant and some of the materials she was using weren't exactly going to be very favorable to her. So we had to find a, another award maker. And that's when we moved to uh, approaching a, a glass artist called uh, Rebecca Cass. And Re I knew Rebecca because her shop uh, also used to offer workshops and jewellery making where my daughter used to go. And I was always impressed by her work. So we developed some ideas uh, around her developing a, a Bosker. And each year that relationship and that dynamic creatively uh, goes into new areas. So ye year on year, I think the Boscas are always incredibly dramatic um, and very blingy um, and should look 
and, and we have, as I say, if you go on our, our websites, uh, Facebook pages, you see lots of very happy filmmakers who have been awarded them. So I think that is always been one of our uh, unique selling points and is to recognize that we could just give out a certificate or an etched bit of plastic, but actually what we wanted to give to a creative was something of genuine, unique, creative value, uh, which they would appreciate. And I think it stands out a bit against some of the others where you probably, you know, you'll just get a a laurel email to you that you can then stick on your poster or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And each year we we try to uh, increase the amount of collateral and value that a filmmaker will get from the festival. So ultimately, yes, you could win a Bosca, but we have laurels as well and selection certificates and nomination certificates. And we have some wonderfully produced digital programs, uh, which we will share uh, with the filmmakers. And at the end of the festival, we always send uh, a personalized message um, including all that collateral and any positive feedback that we've had from the audience and the review team and the judges. So we want to sort of say, look, really, thank you very much and, and, and express that thanks uh, in some those kind of uh, rewards. So what are some of the kind of, I don't know, like stumbling blocks? So if someone submits a film, like where are the things where it falls down is it going to be on a technical level or is it just kind of if the if the narrative doesn't appeal to what you think what your audience is it doesn't fit in the categories mm-hmm. i'm just trying to think mm-hmm. like if you're going to submit what yep. are some of the things to avoid well i think the thing um there are a couple of major points i always spring to mind uh really really check and double check and double check and double check and test with people is the script ready for filming because we see so many films that fundamentally the script is not ready and you, you can't make a great film out of a, a bad script especially when you're young aspiring in this inexperienced filmmaker you need to make sure that script which is the foundation of the film is yeah match fit I think on a, on a technical level, um, one of the biggest failings and which really screams out time and time again is sound. I knew you were going to say that. Okay, I was just waiting for you to say it. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it is, I, I don't understand why, but it just jars so badly. Um, when the sound engineering, and we're talking sound engineering here, we're not talking Foley work, etc., etc. We're just talking badly recorded dialogue, um, which it just it just brings the whole piece uh, down by a colossal level. Um, and then, if possible, and I know that film often filmmakers have got a tight budget uh, and working to a tight schedule. However, if you can, capture as much rehearsal time as possible. It will really pay off. You know, uh, actors are very skillful, but just putting them in onto a scene um, and then they've re- rehearsed the lines and then they deliver them. You're missing the opportunity for actors to develop the chemistry between each other. Uh, to build uh, on on top of that into creating new, more nuanced work. 
and I know this from Go With God. Um, we invested weeks and weeks and times uh, on rehearsals, uh, and I know the script changed minusculely, but the impact of the changes that came out of those rehearsals were huge, absolutely huge. Um, so, you know, uh, there'd be the three things I would say to filmmakers, you know, make sure your script is match fit, get a really good sound recordist, and rehearse as much as you can. They were the things that are really going to stop your film immediately starting to look and sound of a poor quality. So have you seen, have you kind of let things through if they've got some of these elements, but not others? Like, is there, have there been occasions where, you know, you'll have something that is a really good script, but maybe the actors aren't up to it, or maybe there's a yeah. sound blip or something like that? Or do you just disqualify things when you're like, no, that person's nope. a terrible actor or that person's... No, but, but what's happening is as the competition grows, yeah. the threshold that you have to breach, in other words, if your sound is bad, but the performances and the script have to be even better to compensate okay. for, for that. Um, and and we, we have an obligation to, to filmmakers to say, look, we're going to select the films of the festival and that we're going to select the ones which we think are most suited to our festival. Um, and it's competitive, you know? Yeah, um, of course. So that's, that's a harsh lesson for filmmakers to learn, and this is why I come back to the comment about um, making sure your script is ready, um, is because, do you know what? <laughs> um, when you've got to about the 10th, 11th ver uh, version draft of your script, you might actually be getting somewhere. Um, when I hear stories, yeah, we knocked up the script in a couple of days, and you see it, you see it, yeah. you know, it's it's not going to be good enough. So what's uh, what's the kind of you say it's all short films, but what's your cutoff length? Like, do you have different categories of short, or is it just enter anything up to? A yeah, so we have uh, yeah we have um, a variety of uh, categories: drama, uh, horror, nonfiction, um, crime science fiction, comedy, and they have a maximum limit of 30 minutes. Yeah. The animation and student categories, we have a dedicated student category, are as a max of 15. Um, for good reason, because I think student filmmakers should not be trying to make a film over 15 minutes. Is that because of time or student money or like what's... <laughs> it's hard to make a good quality 15 minute film. You know, so yeah. focus on that, you know. I think um, the danger with half hour films is, you know, you're saying you're accepting up to 30 minutes, but I've seen a lot of festivals have a 15 minute or a 20 minute cutoff and then you end up with something between 20 minutes and an hour that you can't do anything with because it's not a feature, it's not a short in a lot of people's eyes and it's just kind of that weird space. Yeah. And that's where produ the production side of it need to make a decision. Where is our audience? If our audience is going to be festivals for short films, they will see that 30 minutes is the absolute max that you should go to. If you do a 40 minute, where's it going to sit? It's too short right. for a feature. It's certainly going to be too rule out for um, the vast majority of short film festivals. Yep. So that's where you've got to be astute and thinking about your audience and what, what the plan is. Because often aspiring filmmakers think it's all about making the film. But then it's like, you've made the film. What are you going to do with it now? 
Is it going to film festivals? Are you going to try and sell it to Netflix? To the B- what, what are you going to do with it after that? Yeah, well, just related to that, the job. related to that, presumably you've kind of got to know quite a few of these filmmakers, people coming back year on year, or I, I suppose you just follow them out of interest. So like, what are the kind of stories where you've seen people enter and then go on and even make bigger shorts or make features or get employed yeah. somewhere? Yeah. Like, who are some of the people, some of the stories you've seen? Uh, so last year with the winner of the, uh, when I say last year, 2019, the winner of the horror Bosca was a wonderful film called Baghead, made by Alberto Carida. Uh, and Alberto has now got uh, development funding for Baghead to go to in, into development for, for a for development Fe- feature version. For a feature length yeah. version of it. Yeah. So that's a great bit of news. We've had um, uh, Yuri Decker. Uh, I think in our second year he won um, an animation Bosco for the book The Blue and the Beyond and he was work. he was on the team for Incredibles 2 and works at Pixar so he's been a great right. success he's a really talented animator um, Bartosz uh, uh, Dimitri Bartosz won uh, or was a d- documentary filmmaker um, no, 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 a drama filmmaker a few years ago uh, from Poland um, did an incredible uh, piece called White Heat uh, and last year he um, produced and had distributed his first full feature so yeah there are people who are, who are starting to knock on the door we have people like uh, uh, Sophie Black from Derby continues to uh, work uh, making short films but constantly pushing the envelope in terms of her ambitions and the quality of crew and cast that she employs um, and you, know, you, you do build relationships um, and some of them are expressed in our jury so we've got Tommy Draper uh, the great writer from Derby he's on, on, on the, uh, the jury panel um, and a lot of the filmmakers that we've come across over the years uh, Melissa Skirball uh, she's on the jury. Uh, Fatima Mardi um, from Iran, um, she's on there. So, yeah, you, you build relationships, and, and, and it's a great thing because, as I say, one of our mottos is celebrating films, celebrating filmmakers. So we want those re- on enduring relationships with filmmakers. Um, and, and actually, uh, one of my favorite stories of growing success, there was a... a uh, three years ago now, a wonderful German film called Afterward, uh, which won the best cinematography and uh, direction Boscas uh, for Boris Seewald, starred uh, an actor, actor called Marama Colette. And Marama has gone from strength to strength. Uh, she was in the uh, the city in the city. Uh, she was on Sky TV recently with Rupert Grint in the Sick Note, uh, and, and I believe she's now in Dark Materials. So she's you know really starting to uh, make great progress. And I was lucky enough to meet her uh, at an event we had in in London a couple of years ago. So um, yeah, these are good people. That's kind of what I'm banking on now, getting to know all of these creative people. Like a couple of them are going to rise and I'll be like, yeah, I knew them when. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong in, in, in bathing in other people's glory. And of oh, course, no. we've had Vicky McGlaw visiting uh, in our second year and uh, we hope to see Vicky again. And I know that she's certainly in a film that's been submitted this year. Um, uh, ooh, can't remember the title of it. Anyway, but yeah, Vicky's also starring in, in another short this year. So um, she does other things other than the line of duty. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So, so you say there's quite a, a few of you on the jury now. Do you ever get into arguments over like what's worth including and what's not, or do you each have a sort of yeah, well, the to select... deal with? <laughs> no, so we we have a process whereby everyone has a certain amount of time to review and score the films, uh, and then after that closing date, we have a couple of meetings where as many of the whoever wants to come down from the programming team, they congregate my, in my house. Uh, which you know well. Yeah, I've been to your house. <laughs> made, a fil- made a film in your house. Made a film, yay! <laughs> Collection only. Um, and um, in that front room, yeah, we'll gather there and yeah, we, we hammer it out. It usually takes about six hours in total to, for everyone to agree what's in and what's out and what's going to be nominated for, for awards. I, I think There are I think it's it's less about arguments. It's just about heartbreak, because you you'll have well that's a great film, but we just can't fit it in. You know who do we let down? So I think that's the predominant emotion that we feel during it. And then when we're looking at the nominations for the Boscars, um, yeah, that there can be debates around that and, and we love it so we will huddle in my um, lounge and we'll sometimes play back some of the films to remind ourselves what we what was going on and you know uh, we do what needs to be done so as we can come with a final list and then with those lists of course we send the nominations to our international jury uh, who whereas the review team go through a process of scoring the jury, we know the jury have in each category four or five fantastic films. So scoring is not appropriate. What we ask them to do is to rank those films first, second, third, fourth. Yeah, we, we want their favorites and we have a bit of a calculation and, and we convert those rankings into uh, an order to determine what wins. So. And uh, yeah, that's always, uh, and it's funny, one of the things we've learned over time, I think as a team is um, we might have our favorites as a, a review team, um, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And the jury quite often comes back with quite a different perspective, uh, which is always a bit of a surprise, but it brings more excitement to the awards night. So how do you get your jurors? Like, so- yeah, the jury are, are come from um, filmmakers that we've gotten to know. Um, this year, one, a new member of uh, the jury is a lecturer from Staffordshire University, Sharon Colclough. And, and Sharon actually approached us uh, about how she could potentially support um, the, the festival. And, and as we talked, it became apparent that she had a wealth of experience. Um, I just invited her to join the jury because, you know, I think um, that's the knowledge and the experience that she had really adds um, credibility to that yeah. process. And what we like to sort of say is that the, the, the programming team is local and, dare I say, amateur, but we're all so sophisticated in our cinematic palettes these days we might not be able to articulate exactly or theoretically why we thought that film was better than that film but we certainly have these beliefs so the the sort of community programming team but then the selections go to the professionals who are also international so we have them from america 
Germany, France, Belgium, India, um, England, uh, so right across the world to sort of give a different dimension to the selection process or yeah. to the process. I mean, just from some of the names you brought out before and some of the films you've been talking about, it seems like you get at, like entries from everywhere. Is that just by virtue of it being like internet-based submissions or do you think there's like some sort of appeal for this festival where you'd get so many international yeah entries? yeah so so well we, we we've built up a network you know, and as you sort of mentioned we definitely have filmmakers who are attorneys uh, and we always invite um, uh, filmmakers back at the beginning of the process as well so we're constantly trying to maintain those relationships and also build on them yeah, so please. that's where the power of social media comes in. Uh, plus, over the years, I've been to India uh, representing the festival. Uh, I went to um, Holland a couple of years ago to the book festival uh, when I was there. And, and you know, obviously in, in COVID times, um, that networking has some, somewhat been limited. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, I hope to get back on traveling around to festivals in the, in the new year. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. Like, do you like take yourself to other film festivals as well? Like, just either to watch or to network or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're always developing. We're always thinking about how to move things forward. Uh, and the source of ideas is, yeah, go and look at other festivals. It's not to try and copy them. We're not in competition. Um, what we're looking for is ideas that would fit well into the Beeston community. Um, and I think um, to oh, and we, we actually do have a 20 year plan uh, for how we're going to develop the what, festival. What can, what can you share without undermining things because obviously well, I'm hoping people will listen to this maybe they won't but the plan is that people will listen to this <laughs> yeah yeah no, this, after spending far too much time thinking about this I was, there were a number of issues which I could never get resolved uh, I won't bore you with the details but the output was for me to come up with a three phase plan right. and we're coming very close to the end of phase one and that was about establishing Beeston uh, as a um, well-recognized international short film festival. Yeah. Um, and my a metric I can use for that, on the Film Freeway platform, it has 8,500 festivals. Wow. Okay. Worldwide. I know, I know, I know the platform, but I had no idea it was that many. Yeah. Yeah. It has a chart for the top 100 best reviewed film festivals. Okay, we've made that into that top 100 for the last four years. That's good. And this year we peaked at number three. So you, uh, for, a, for a time, you were at number three of all the festivals essentially in the world. Yeah. Wow. No, on the Film, Fest film Freeway oh, platform. Right, well, Film Freeway, okay. to my knowledge, is... not the is, only platform. It's, but the it is, one, it's, but it's a big us. one. It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. So I think we've sort of achieved that goal and we're going to soon, probably now in 2022, enter phase two. And what is phase two, I ask you? Phase two is we're going to expand two weeks. The first week will remain dedicated to international short films. The second week will be for feature films. 
So that's how we're going to expand it. Then we're going to go into two weeks and we're going to incorporate feature films. Now we know that it will take a while for us to get that right. Okay. It's going to take a while to watch all those submissions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's stuff to be worked out. So phase two will be about getting the Beeston Film Festival, with, which combines both short and feature length films, into a really high performing fabulous event okay so that might be another five or six years yeah before we think nailed it okay so that'll be the end of phase two and then we have phase three well then what's phase three <laughs> okay so what we haven't done we and over the years we have tried a little bit without the kind of success i i, I would want uh we will start asking the question and only when we, we've got this mature two-week festival, including short films and feature films, which is well-respected and matured in, in, in that marketplace, when we're in that place, we'll then start talking to industry and saying, okay, come on down. Let's talk about how we can integrate industry events into our festival, you know, uh, workshops, exhibitions, etc okay so that'll be our third phase of development where we become the kind of festival that attracts uh industry uh into uh, through open doors i have no idea what that's going to mean yet i don't have to worry about that i'm still in phase one but you know i think there's some attributes that says to me we're going to be here in in 15 years time I want to have some idea what it'll look like. And I've come up with this three-phase plan that I think is really exciting. Um, and uh, we'll do it when we feel it's the right time to do it. So we're not going to let anyone down and do it really badly. Seems kind fair of. enough. So, so yeah. I've, I've kind of got my kind of imaginary phase four that you might be thinking of, maybe not all. But with you starting... Go phase four. <laughs> with, you, with you starting producing Go With God, and then you start, take all these yeah. years to know all these filmmakers and meet all these technicians and actors yeah. and all this stuff. Like, Have you got this somewhere in the back of your mind, right, I'm going to make that feature still? Because you said initially, I'm going to make Go With yeah. God to, f to fund a feature. Like, Are you still thinking, yeah. I'm going to make a feature film? Like, Is that still on the card somewhere? Um, yeah, I, I think what I have learned is for the process of making a film... And I did have exec produced a couple of other films, short films. Um, both had significant merit. Um, my involvement wasn't in the place that I found satisfactory to me. Um, I'd like to be a lot more hands-on uh, than an exec producer. Um, yeah, so th that might come. But I found the process of running a film festival far more appropriate to my lifestyle. Yeah? Right. So, um, you know, it, it, that work-life balance, I'm, I still have responsibilities. Because this is effectively parent. still, you, is this still your side hustle or is this like your main gig yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah, but the side hustle is expanding and Monsignor Beeston is expanding. And lastly, we also launched the Southport International Film Festival. Um, Southport is my hometown in Merseyside. Um, I have some Frank Harriman, who I made Go With God with. 
still lives in Southport. So I'm sort of exec producing another film festival. Frank is very much the 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 face of the Southport Film Festival. He's a, a film lecturer in the town now, award-winning filmmaker, blah, blah, blah. And we're doing really well. Frank's got on board um, Tony Jordan from Red uh, Dragon Pictures, who make um, uh, Death in Paradise. So he's supporting uh, the festival uh, and offering very generously a £1,000 prize money to that festival. So I've expanded into two festivals now, but actually it's three. So when did uh, the Southport our... one start? When is that starting? Or has Last that year. had a year or two? Right, so that's going to be second year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. that's in June next year. So, okay. so it's a slightly different role. You know, I live in Beast and um, it's very much my baby, uh, but I'm working with Frank and he's, he's going to lead that and we'll develop that. We had a great success this year. Um, and yeah, we're going to be moving that forward next year as well. And I'm also supporting uh, a dear friend of mine, Francesca Levy. Uh, Francesca is a filmmaker, uh, artist, incredibly talented uh, person who also runs the wonderful Everyday Arias Film Festival, which is a film festival dedicated to operatic musical-based short films. Um, she's been running that for about four or five years now. Um, and we're starting to run that together. So I think I've got certain kinds of experience which are going to help Francesca, and she has a very bold, creative vision, and I'm going to try and help her deliver that. You know, um, so where she, where is she based? That's London based, um, oh, okay. and I think we have a plan there, which is about maturing that festival, growing it a little bit, but then we're at Beast, and it's going to be like going into one week, then two weeks, and that kind of growth. Um, Francesca's vision is more about um, creating different kind of events. She's uh, very passionate and she's done work with um, her sister, uh, Mika Levy, um, Oscar nominated um, uh, composer uh, for Jackie. Um, she also did the soundtrack to Under the Skin. With Scarlett Johansson, Jonathan Glaser's wonderful film. Yeah, seen both those. Uh, yeah, um, so she's done great work with her sister Mika, which is around blending musical performance with uh, cinema. So that, you know, Francesca has some great ideas about what she'd like to achieve in that kind of space. So we're working together to develop that. What about your own musical? You, you know, you had your band and everything. Are you, no. are you, are you still thinking no. I can get my music in a film? <laughs> No, no, no. Although the guitar is just over here. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's never far away, but no. Um, yeah, I am I'm a jack of all trades and I'm very blessed to be able to uh, work with some very talented, creative people in, in the film industry uh, now. And uh, my job is to respect their work and give them a platform and acknowledge their achievements. Yeah. Um, I mean, you say about doing different things, but I think that is common, especially with shorts. That some, especially like writer director or you know people doing a couple of jobs and yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we all like to have a portfolio existence these days, don't we? So um, yeah, <laughs> and I, I said it. Yeah, it's it's a thoroughly enjoyable thing, and I found running the film festival very compatible to the rest of my life. Whereas Make it producing uh, and distributing a film is a 
Yeah. It's a, so, a different beast. So, so you said you'd like to be more hands-on than exec producing. Like, what is the role you want? Like, directing a film or like producer? No, 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 no. Yeah, set just producer. A, yeah, yeah. Online. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, Go with God was uh, very successful. Unfortunately, I was only on set for a day. Yeah. Um, there was a number of the frustrations which. Um, I wouldn't want to be in again, um, but I just think the whole the filmmaking process, as I say, currently the way my life is structured, it, it doesn't fit in very well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I might support the occasional film that comes along, uh, which I think has particular merit. Last year, I supported a wonderful film from Iran called Hard Shadow, uh, made by Neda Kanifa, um, and. I've helped get that into uh, even the the BAFTA nominated film festival uh, at Carmarthen Bay, um, which has been great. Um, it's been, it was selected at Southport and at um, Beeston, got nominated for a couple of awards in Beeston. And don't worry, I didn't, I wasn't involved in those decision-making <laughs> bits. Um, she didn't win, although yeah, uh, she was inordinately flattered. And and that was great because I just when I saw that work, I thought it was a work of great talent. And Iranian filmmakers have a real struggle uh, to get their work seen outside of their country, and so. Uh, we're always very much backing that, but I, it, particularly I took Nedda's work to heart and wanted to uh, promote it further. So that's what an executive producer can do. I, I put in some funding to help uh, you know, promote that work uh, and create a, a more robust and sustained festival run. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm listening to them both sides. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I need to do this to get into festivals. But also I'm like... Could I run a festival? <laughs> <laughs> May, I, I, I think uh, I, I would always encourage people to think... I mean, I've got a projector yeah, yeah. right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it might work out that I've given you the idea, you pursue it, and then you hate me for it. Maybe. Um, yeah. I, I have, I have um, one of our partners, uh, UK Film Review, um, they host a, a little page uh, on their website dedicated to uh, films selected at Beeston Film Festival. Um, and it, it's basically the filmmakers, because they've been selected, if they choose to post their film on that page, they can do it. And they can, it, can, it, it can either free for view or pay for view, whatever. And right. Chris, who runs that, he's done a great job. But he's, he's ventured into the film festival malarkey for the first time this year. And and a last comment I had back from him, he sounded a bit stressed. Um, yeah, it, it's not without the need for effort. <laughs> but yeah, no, why not? I mean, I, as I say, I think um, I, I do a training course. It's very reasonable rates. My consultancy rates are very reasonable as well. Sorry, I can't hear you, but you're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, for the recording, if you want to share your links and things and Twitters and whatever, want people to find you on so that we can yeah, yeah. promote yeah, you even more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Beast of Film Festival, we've got a fantastic website and and uh, we up, put up, invested a lot of time this year because one particular aspect was we've created a little summaries, a little history of each year, uh, just to remind us what what a wonderful year and, and year has been, what films were selected, uh, some pictorial memories, who won the Boscars, etc. Just to give people uh, acknowledge 
our history because as I say we've done six years now of festivals and uh, yeah quite proud I mean yeah you know, I think next year one of the things we have to be thinking about is um, our 10th year anniversary you know I, I'm, that's gonna need I've got to do something special for 10 years. I've no idea what that's going to be, but, um, but we will be there. Um, we'll see what, what phase you'll be in at that point as well. We'll be in phase two. Um, and um, yeah. And, and what I wouldn't want to do is uh, trial phase two on our 10th anniversary. So hopefully we have a couple of years under the belt. Um, and so is, then we can just, layer on layer we yeah we know how to do that we did that last year so now we can do that again and a little bit more and then a little bit more and a little bit more so we're building that knowledge and that experience and um yeah creating a great thing you know so just as a i guess a secondary bit before i let you go like so other than submitting to festivals what where do you see kind of distribution for shorts like what have you heard from filmmakers like what are people doing with these shorts that they make so um i think um after the festival run um often people will try and post them i'll just post them on youtube or vimeo or as part of some sort of filmmaking page that they have as a creative um there are a few uh, distribution channels that you know uh, offer um, uh, a place for short films like uh, Shorts TV uh, which is a, a great uh, channel um, that actually picked up Go With God as well um, and there are a number of distributors as well right across the world who do try to sell top quality shorts onto other channels such as TVs, airlines cable TV etc um, yeah. But each year there's like 250,000 short films made. So the reality is, is that a large proportion of them will sit on a file somewhere and never been seen or rapidly fade into memory. Um, one of the things that we do enjoy is uh, in between festivals, we can't quite often have little events uh, and we do uh, it might be a, a horror night, uh, but we'll, we've got six years of fantastic horrors to choose from. You know, we can pluck out some fabulous films that we've not seen for a few years and put that... So have you the... got a vault of every film that's ever been in the festival somewhere? You just kind of keep them so you can do this? Might, might do. <laughs> but, but obviously what I do is when we, when we do a program like that, I contact all the filmmakers, yeah. get their consent... Um, and you know, and, and again, because it's about celebrating their work, it's yeah, of course, you know, um, yeah. no one's going to get a rich out of showing their film again, but it's like saying, Hey, great, yeah, we like that, it was good, let's stick it on again, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and they love it, they love it. Um, so you know, um, yeah, so yeah, there is a big vault, it gets bigger each year because, of course, everyone's doing 1080 uh, films now as well. So in the first year, we used to get like 360 MPS films with like, oh, 50 megs for, uh, for right. a five-minute film. Now it's now a couple, we're couple getting, of gigs for something short, yeah. Now we're getting 10, 15 gigabyte files. Right. Uh, 
when we'd completed the download for all the projection films for this year, it was 450 gigabytes of films we had. So what are your current technical requirements? Is it 1080 or are you asking for 4K or what's, what's I mean, things are really Well, there's no 4K, point. Yeah, we, ha- we don't project on 4K. So we project 1080. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's where, you know, our projection limit is there. We, we don't need DCPs. Um, but when we have to upload, unfortunately upload speeds become a constraint so a two-hour program of 1080 is about 25 gigabytes which will take about four days to get uploaded and if you've got 20 hours of programming to put up or thir- actually no, it's 38 hours of programming to put up i just can't do it so uh, the online uh, version will be 720 MP- mps so is that all one file then do you just put everything together as one thing um we we do yeah so um so we'll bring it together in, into um i just use iMovie but to do a bit of sound balancing um so uh, you start the program and each film might have its own approach to sound volumes yeah so that becomes a problem plus also as well for in between each we always start off with a little bit of a trailer so we know the sound is right. Then we have a little little card before each film with the synopsis and the title because it just, hey, this is the next film coming up. All yeah, right, okay. Then, yeah. So we string that all together, um, render it to a single file, uh, and then we can upload that and just press go. Um, so you get a two-hour film. So, and you, so you kind of have a... a, a record of the program so if you wanted to say oh i want to watch the third beast and film festival you could like... uh, yeah yeah i mean we, we over the years we, we've changed we started off initially just doing film and then film and then film and right. then film second year we rendered them into a single file or james did and whatever um and and this year the latest innovation was to put the uh, the trailer at the front and to put these uh, title cards in front of each film, um, which we really like. Uh, we think it's a really good idea um, because it's about another dynamic with it for the audience. Yeah, of course. So, you know, you're sitting there, oh, that film, what's the next film? And you're looking through a program and I thought, no, we'll just put it on the screen. There you go. Take it easy. So um, we think that, you know, the feedback on that's been excellent. So, um, yeah, just helping the audience experience a bit more. So, um, and, and at the end of it, we end up, yes, with a big single file, but it's, we can do some sound balancing, um, which helps. So as we, as we go from film to film, it's not like big booming changes. Um, and, and that works well. So, plus as well, yeah, what we have is a, we might have dot, Marv or MP4s and this that neither yeah. through that process, we can just harmonise everything into a single output file as well. So that just de-risks some of the technical bits. Yeah, of course. Um, because as I say you've got a lot of films to go through over five days, and I was by awards night, which is usually Friday, Saturday night. Um, I'm I'm overjoyed because we would have done ninety percent of the films, and we're going to get awards, and I'm give them out, and I'm going to get drunk. Because the, the <laughs> risk of things going wrong. Oh, we're nearly done now. I don't care. You know, um, the pressure's off. Uh, so, yeah, the technical element is something which is uh, quite interesting. Yeah, sorry, one of the kids is coming. Sorry. Yeah, if you go down to my bedside table, open the drawer, and in the little 
Yeah. I'll cut it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, there are technical fun and games. Um, and uh, what, one, one area that has grown over the years as well, um, about three years ago, we started recruiting interns uh, via Nottingham University in Nottingham and Nottingham Trent University. And it got to the stage last year, we recruited um, 15 uh, interns to help us run the festival, um, including one that had a placement for full time for four months. Um, Manon, she was brilliant. Um, and um, yeah, so um, there's so much, the, the team is huge. You know, think about it, 20, 25 people in the programming team. We had 15 interns. We had uh, 15 uh, local businesses supporting us. And we had about uh, 16, 17 on the jury. That's starting to add up in terms of a team um, to, you know, making the festival what it is and contributing to its credibility. And that's just grown and grown over the years. So, um, one of the things you just mentioned there about local businesses. So, how do you go about getting their support? Is that sponsoring, or they just promote you, or what's? Yeah. yeah so we, we it's, a, it's a bit of this. So we um, we ask them to uh, sponsor a, a Bosca. Basically, they it's a nominal amount of money to basically to pay for it being made. Uh, in return, um, you know, we'll do a shout out to them on our various social media. They go on our website uh, as a on our partner page. But these are a lot of businesses that I know well. I mean, there are various restaurants on there, and um, and uh, they're great places that I'm really proud to be associated with. You know, because they're they're really good people. Um, and and they support the festival, uh, and we support them, um, and you know it's part of the community. So as I said, it's it's not um, sponsor. I mean, there is. I have a big question on my head about having sponsorship for the whole festival, which I think could be an interesting area um, if I could secure a corporate sponsor for it. Um, I have a few ideas who I'd like to approach, um, but what I haven't yet formalized is to say what my ask is. Right. Uh, I've got some bits to it, uh, but not all of that picture. And once I have that, I can then phone them up and have the conversation. Um, and it, you know, it, it would, if it happened, it would be a step change. Um, it would put us on, on a far more reliable footing. Uh, it will enable us to, in, for example, invite more filmmakers down, support more of them to come. Uh, I'd like to do uh, packages, for example, for um, student films. Uh, what I'd like to do is, is to offer a prize to student filmmakers to, to, to um, support uh, the remainder of their festival run, you know, to give them more exposure. Um, that are, you know, there are, there are, there are, uh, there's a bunch of ideas which I haven't yet coalesced into a com cohesive narrative right. uh, and until I do that I can't really have that conversation but yeah so we have local businesses supporting us at a Bosco level which is great and we love it because they're great people um, and we have a lot of fun with that, that relationship um, 
they come along, for example, on, on awards night, and they'll and the nominations are, and they'll pull out the yeah. winner, and the winner is, you know. So um, we have great fun with that. We have great fun with that, um, and um, yeah, you know. So I mean, this year's award festival was brilliant because um, being online, we we through a bit of uh, technical smoke and mirrors, we made it look like it was live. Um, but it wasn't. <laughs> we stitched it together, um, into, but included our jury members from around the world. Uh, and then at the end, we had a bunch of uh, filmmaker responses, you know, to to winning. Oh, I've got my bow! Great. So, news. how did that work? Did you tell them a couple of days in advance and record their reaction? Or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we edited it together. And I say, if you go on the web on the web page uh, and on the Facebook page, there's a uh, the award programs up there as a video, uh, and, and that was a joy to to put together because, as I say, um, it was a great, another great way of celebrating the the wonderful films they, that we did had. They, did they still get Boscas as well, or, or was, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah? Um, and you'll see we've had um, quite a few Boscas landing now, and there are lots of pictures of happy filmmakers with their little Boscas. Right. Um, so well quite substantial actually but yeah with their boskers and yeah we always adorn our page with uh, uh, smart, happy smiling faces mm. and it has to be said this year's boskers as always are incredibly beautiful spectacular Bex has done a wonderful job and yeah the the and this year as well we had a big change in our branding and I have a big shout out to Kim Lee uh, Wilson uh, Miller uh, who's our uh, branding manager and the new logos are just tremendous um, were we we just couldn't be happier with there's going to be so much um, leverage that we can take out of this concept of the hex the honeycomb you know beeston hasn't gone we haven't gone for bees we've gone for a honeycomb right because we see ourselves as nurturing cinematic talent you know, we're, we're the nectar to their aspirations. We're giving them that little bit of, yeah, acknowledgement to keep them going on the on their quest. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, we're going to have lots of fun and games with, with the branding um, over the next few years. Uh, I know. So, for example, we've always we previously commissioned some jewellery. We're a film festival with a jewellery line. Uh, and we're, we're going to be commissioning uh, a new set of jewellery uh, based on the new logo. Uh, we're going to have some new merch coming out as well, which is going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, and, and Bex uh, is going to integrate uh, the logo far more into her boskers as well. Uh, so we're getting a bit more integrated. Sort of, sort of like a brand cohesion. Uh, yeah. Know. But but the thing is, I mean, when we had I had the meeting with my um, uh, with Serena and Bex and Kimley uh, a couple of weeks ago, and and these are the people with real talent, you know. Um, and I just sat there and saw them uh, working off each other, ideas flying around, and thinking, "I would be brilliant, it would be brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, the bit the clever bit I did is I, I bought them coffee uh, and put them on the same table and uh, and the magic happened. So um, yeah, that's going to be brilliant. And I, I think um, to find a, a branding which I think reflects the warmth and role and sincerity 
of what of the festival it's, it is run by the community and and embraces uh filmmakers in so many different ways and and to have a branding that really reflects that i am over the moon so uh yeah just yeah good stuff and, and as i said each year we we test things out so we're going to have a, an extended jewelry range next year we're going to have some fantastic new t-shirts uh, and uh, tote bags and a few other bits and pieces as well in, in terms of merch um so yeah that's a, that's a and, then, and then you can you can be out in beeston and see people wearing your t-shirt and be like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think um the, the, it, it was funny because the previous manifestations of our t-shirts um, were should we say put in their place by some very constructive criticism i see I didn't cry too much, um, but I did realise my my artistic limitations. Uh, as I said, like uh, between the three of them, they they've conjured up a, a, an approach. I think it's going to be far more exciting, uh, and it won't be just branded apparel. It will be designer apparel. Very nice. It'll be <laughs> it'll be worth wearing just for the hell of it. Uh, so um, before it's luck and not about being beaten. So, yeah, there you go. So very excited about, it. and we'll see that in probably in the new year. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. What? Sorry. Um, how do I get on that one? I, was, I think I was trying to sort of think about anything else we haven't sort of covered, and I think it's. Um, I think the only sort of thing that I'm thinking is so how I mean. I don't know if you can answer this or not. So you're saying there's like lots of young people who are making films, obviously, but like this is not so much a festival question, it's just a general question, but like how yeah. do people stay in it? Because obviously like a lot of people, they start and they give up and then maybe they'll come back to it. Or, so, or... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that a lot of people uh, will have a relatively short career in filmmaking um, because making short films is something that is achievable. The means of production are, you know, far more in people's hands compared to say 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. The quality of what they can produce is phenomenal. However, it's making money. You're making it your source of living, your job. Yeah. I think that's quite hard. Uh, and it, other than winning the Southport Festival, uh, how else can you make <laughs> money on a short? <laughs> Well, there are very few, but what it does do, it's about developing your skills, developing your reputation, uh, and all those things are worthwhile. And, and, and if your career path doesn't keep you in filmmaking, but those skills, I'm sure uh, so many of those skills will be transferable. Uh, filmmaking is a highly collaborative uh, endeavor. Uh, and if you can do that successfully um, or, or learn more about co collaborating effectively with people whilst attempting to make a good film you may not have made a good film but right. you still would have worked together with a group of people um you know that's going to add value to your life long term long term so if you make a couple of short films and that's the end of it that does that's to my way of thinking you you've not necessarily failed um you know you would have attributes that you take into other careers so um, but as I said, it's it's such a challenge. It's a rock and roll job working in film. Um, actually, one of our jury members, Anna Wallace, Anna Wallace, uh, joined us uh, when she was at University of Nottingham, 
representing the University of Nottingham Filmmaking Society on our jury. And she stayed with us because she's such, well, she's incredibly clever and wonderful. And, you know, I have to listen to her when she talks. Um, and unsurprisingly, she's now working in a TV production company and uh, making great progress there because uh, she has the brain the size of a boat. Um, and, you know, but yeah, it's... Um, it's a joy to see people uh, develop their careers occasionally, but it is tough. It is tough. But I said, if you made a, if you, you know, made films, good on you. You know what it's like making films, Richard. Yeah, it's I mean, I, work, I, I, it, it is. And I think kind of my view on it now is kind of spreading out a bit because I've been trying to make shorts, I don't know, every few years or so I'll make a short, like I made one earlier this year that kind of had early success and then I've had a few rejections and so there's still a few closing dates and I'm just kind of like I don't really know where it's going to get or not I can't mm -hmm. can't really see it um but I think the other thing is I've kind of thought I can just work on other people's things so I've been doing more acting and just getting involved on the other side because yeah. for me I just I just love being around film I mean I even did a few days work as an extra I just like being around it mm. and it's not even so much about oh can I make a career out of this I guess I'm sort of heading towards that midlife crisis of oh I'm gonna make a film like you were saying because I do yeah. think more and more about it now that I've been teaching for a number of years as well and I'm just like yeah but I need to be doing the film thing too and it's not even I need to move to Los Angeles and try and make it it's just I just need to be doing this on some level even if it's not making money yeah. it's just it's a passion thing um, so and, yeah, and I mean, I do, yeah, I do think there's a very comparable area in, in in drama. So, if you don't make a a living treading the boards, you can really contribute to your quality of life being part of Amdram. Um, I've watched loads of Amdram in my life. I I love it. Yes, it's not professional, well, but you know what? what? You see the passion. Once the upon a time, I was in Beast and Players. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You know, well, see, you know all about it. And it's like, if that's how you can satisfy your creative needs, uh, that's fine. You know, it really is. I mean, yeah, it's a, I, I was lucky enough as a young boy to play uh, in a football team, which included a, a footballer called Paul Jewell. Um, and my claim to frame was that I went with him and two of my colleagues to uh, Liverpool for a trial. Unsurprisingly, I didn't get picked. But Paul did. And Paul yeah. went on to have a full professional career playing for, uh, for initially Liverpool, but then going to Wigan and Bradford, and then having a career as a Premier League manager. Now, when I played with Paul, I know how good he was. And he spent most of his career playing for Bradford. He was amazing. He was quicker than everyone. His skills were brilliant. And he thought half an hour ahead of everyone else. There was no way I could ever have been a professional footballer. I know that after seeing work, playing football with him. However, doesn't mean I didn't love playing football. Yeah, don't need to be a professional just to gain satisfaction. And the same with in the creative space. And I, and I think love to be at the Oscars. I think that's kind of kind of what I was trying to say. Um, it's like, of of course, I would love to be Christopher Nolan, but I'm just not. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> Um, but it, 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 you know, you, you kind of feel it as well when you're either when I'm writing or when I'm, you know, make it, making something and there'll kind of come a moment and you'll think that really worked, but it's sustaining it. You know, you kind of get yeah. these glim, this moments of magic and you probably have the same thing with your football, but it's like, there are some people who are just always on. Like, 
And the, and the, equi- the equivalent for me is now running the film festival is when we actually start piecing, putting the final pieces into programs. Uh, uh, and then I'll just look at it and think, excuse the French, fuck me, that's two hours of great films. Yeah. You know, everyone an absolute bleeding corker. Yeah. And I go, how did we get here? You know, yeah. how did we manage to attract this quality? Um, and, and, and as I say, you know, it's a spectacular, you know, when you have a two hour short film program, it's not like a Chris Nolan film with a huge story arc or complexity. This is more of a kaleidoscope. And if in that particular kaleidoscope, we can get as many little jewels that you're spinning around, the better the result. Uh, and I say, I say for me, I sort of, uh, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll see you put it together and I just sort of think, well, everyone in the world should be watching these films over the next two hours because they're going to go on such a journey, such yeah. a journey. And, uh, and that, that's very exciting, you know, and, and it is a point of privilege as well. Because as I say, you know, um, at the heart of what we do is honoring the work of filmmakers because it's hard to write a script, isn't it? Then even harder to get it filmed. Then even harder to get it in such a place where you think, I think it's good enough to go to a festival. Then get good enough to get selected. And then if you're luckily shortlisted for something, and then if you actually win an award me it's it's one hell of a journey to go on and 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 we have to respect the efforts and the heartbreak that goes into so many people in that into that trying to aspire to get onto that path you know um so i feel very lucky and very privileged to sort of like you know curate and shepherd uh these collections that got offered up to us each year yeah, that's good. And like you say, like with your range of stories on the note, because even, you know, you can maybe watch 10 shorts and even if you like them all, like some things just resonate more with some people than others. So that, so it might be that two people choose a different film as their favorite one of the 10 that they just kind of yeah. relate to or that does something for them. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Thanks Great. for that. Thanks for that, John. I think this is going to be a unique episode. I'm kind of lucky to know you in that regard because I think most of the people I'm going to talk to are, are you know, it's going to be like a director, a writer, or an actor. It's like, here's somebody who's doing something that's very important to filmmakers that we don't yep. always hear from. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, good luck with it, Richard. Uh, I hope it all goes well. Uh, send me the links in when things are going to get released. I'll figure it out when I've listened to them in. all, had them a similar length, chosen the bits here. Yeah. This, this cool. isn't being included. <laughs> <laughs>